Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. In fact, you've tuned into a place where we're fueling a spiritual revolution in workplaces across the country right here out of Tampa Bay. Thanks for tuning into I Work In this afternoon. Both Martha and I are excited to have you on the air with us as we get a chance to dig deep with our guest today. Our hope and our prayer is always that something we say will cause you to dig deeper into your faith. It'll cause cause you to dig deeper into connecting what you heard on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. Thanks for tuning in today. And I just, that's always our hope, isn't it, Martha? It is. And, you know, that's why we do it. We hope that what um, we've either uncovered through a guest or a book or a scripture verse that we've been reading or studying, um, that something will be that thing that will encourage a listener to be able to say, you know, what can I do differently in my workplace? And and that's why we're here. You know, here's a question people need to ask themselves. How does your family history impact you? How does your personal story impact your kids, your grandkids, and maybe your great-grandkids? Have you ever thought about the impact that your actions today will have on those that follow you? Those that you may never, ever even get to meet. Sometimes the past is tragic, but sometimes it's amazing. But all the time, God is capable of redeeming the years. Today we have a guest on our show today. Her name is Judy Halsey. She's a wealth strategist for All Gen Financial Services out of Orlando, Florida. But she's got some really interesting historical facts about her. She grew up in the same place that Will Rogers grew up. Now some of you are going, who's Will Rogers? You'll have to look it up on the internet. But even further back in her ancestry, she has an ancestor that fought alongside George Washington in the Revolutionary War. Judy Halsey, welcome to I Work For Him. Good afternoon, Jim. We're glad to have you on here. Both Martha and I are excited to have you on here. I know you didn't get a chance to meet Martha yet when we were on the phone, but she's with us today, as always, on Fridays, because it, it she just, well, it's the end of the week. We get to celebrate it together being on the air. But what, I love having Martha on when I've got a female guest, because there's always things that she's going to ask that I'm not going to ask. And, and, it's, and it comes up in a greater conversation because there's just a deeper connection with our audience. So, Judy, as we just dig deep, let's just jump right into it. How does the Lord impact your workplace at All Gen Financial today? Jim, in my industry, it's all about integrity. And before I came to All Gen, I was working for a large financial institution, and I just saw corporate America slip away from core values. And then in 2007 and 2008, I saw the meltdown of the financial markets, and afterwards, I just didn't see any positive change. And I had known the owner of Ogen for more than 10 years, and I knew that his integrity would pass the test of time with me as far as how I wanted to handle my profession and my work. I love that. So uh, you get support. You get support for living your faith out at work. I mean, he allows you to live out who you are right there in your workplace. Uh, Absolutely. Every day, all day. 
Mm, that's great. And for Jim, one of his core values is integrity. So uh, we can really relate to that. Not that I don't believe in integrity, but it is, you know how that is. That's it's a whole other show, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. definitely believe in integrity and being able to do, to do what you do every day, wake up every day, knowing that you can do it um, in a way that is honor- honoring to the Lord. So Judy, in your story, you 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 have an unusual one, and there is a pro, a story that led you to Orlando. Um, why don't you tell our listeners about that? Well, in the movie Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams said, "I got to go see about a girl," and that's what brought me to Orlando. I had to go see about a boy, and uh, my heart really and, and and above brought me to Orlando. Well, okay, but let's step back a few years, then, Judy. What life? event caused you to submit to Christ? Because this is all part of a movement. You, you grew up in the Midwest. You grew up in Oklahoma. You know, getting moved to Orlando is a whole different world. How did yeah. that all fit into you becoming a Christ follower? Well, you know, the fact that I'm in Orlando itself is a miracle because um, I've loved where I was from. I loved, I'm very family oriented, but what finally brought me and submitted me to Christ is that, you know, I had a difficult childhood and the Lord's often used adversity to bring me closer to Him. But the event that brought me completely and thoroughly to my knees was the betrayal of my husband. And it's like what Charles Dickens said in The City of Two Tells. It's uh, cities. It's the worst of times, the best of times. Because what looks like to be the worst of times ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because it's what caused me to truly submit to the Father. But you had been a church attender. You, you'd been, when you were back in Oklahoma, didn't you go to church? I did. I did. I, I say I always belonged to God. I was even born on a Sunday. <laughs> and my mom made sure that my sisters and I were in church every Sunday. But that didn't make much of an impact. It, it made little impact. Mm-hmm. But you know what you said, I think, ring truths for so many of us, because in our human nature, when things are going well, we don't tend to rely on God, our Father, to help us and provide and protect and strengthen us. It's when we're in those moments of adversity, when we realize it's bigger than us and that we can't fix it or that we are um, just can't handle the pressure alone that's when we rely on, on the Lord, and we do draw closer to Him. Well, right, so I, you, I, yeah, I would say I grew up in a church, but I really grew up, without a doubt, I was a Pharisee. Like, I could walk the walk, I could talk the talk until I was 36 years old. Mm. But it was until that crisis of belief, and I was on my knees, that I really started setting up, applying Scripture to my life. Hmm. And it, God often uses those times of adversity in our lives to... First of all, shape us into being, to take us from who we are to who we can use more effectively, but he often uses adversity in our lives to draw us to our knees, because it it seems like that's the only place we can go. It's my favorite place. It really really is my favorite place. So you you moved to Orlando chasing after a boy, and uh, how did the Lord orchestrate you to get into the financial services industry? Well, I um, in Oklahoma, you're either going to be a school teacher, a nurse, uh, a banker, or an oil and gas person. So I had been in the oil and gas business in Oklahoma, and I moved here, and I thought, you know, what am I going to do for a living? They don't even know what that is in Florida. And um, a large uh, financial institution in Orlando, I looked at in the paper back in the day when you looked at the paper for a job, and there was a 
a company that was looking for someone with oil and gas experience, and it, it was just definitely a God sighting because that's why they hired me and how I got a job. Got started working in Orlando. Okay, yeah, we don't have a lot of oil and gas here in Orlando, though. So you're not you're not involved in the drilling business, but but how did you have experience in oil and gas back in Oklahoma? I did. I worked for uh, for a short time. I worked for some large companies and mostly uh, independent companies, and I worked in deciding. I talked with attorneys and read their uh, legal opinions all day long, making sure that there were no legal problems before we paid out millions of dollars to, you know, individual landowners or mineral lease owners or some of the oil companies. It's fun to see how the Lord uses our past experience. And what I want to do for people is to start connecting the dots to see, okay, why is Judy Halsey on I Work For Him? What is it about her story that is inspiring and other people want to hear? But I love, so I want to dig into that story a little bit of how when you moved to Orlando, you didn't get involved in the oil and gas industry, but you got a job that used your experience. And how did that lead you to Algen? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. When I went to work for this large financial institution, it wasn't even 10% of my job, but, you know, a lot of publicly traded companies and, and certainly financial institutions, they kind of operate on a, a basis of fear and worry of risk more than anything. And they had a bank in Fort Worth that they had hired to do their oil and gas mineral interest. And so when they hired me, they let them go. And so it really was just 10% of my job, but it, it was where God wanted me for the next 23 years. And it happened in the oil and gas department, was also in the trust department. And then I went to work on the institutional side where I worked with accounts from two million to three hundred million. And then the last five years of that role I was in private wealth management. And like I said, because of the you know, how I was seeing integrity slipping away and it not rebounding after the big recession of two thousand seven and eight, I wanted to find some place that um would would hold up with the integrity issue and people talk about integrity all the time but it's living it it's just not talking about it and before we get back to judy though martha wanted me to make sure i brought attention to if you're listening to the live broadcast or the full archive you would have just heard a commercial from the jesuscares.com uh people and they're they've been running a campaign in tampa bay for about three months now yeah, and it's just amazing because we had them on the show early on when they were getting ready to launch their right, campaign. Back in January. And basically for any somebody who doesn't understand what they do, they reach out through commercial and um, on mediums that we... Commercial radio, commercial TV, billboards. But not your typical, not on Christian radio. They no. are reaching out on MTV and other places where people may not expect to learn about Jesus, but people that are that may be watching or listening to something and really hurting. And they really pinpoint things that people are really, you know, can relate to. They're, they do kind of like a chat, chat room kind of an atmosphere for some of their commercials or um, hotlines and things like that, that just really help people to say, hey, you know what, I'm struggling with something too, and I'd like to talk to somebody. And JesusCares.com has been going wild in Tampa for three months now, and over 400 people have put their faith and trust in Christ during this period of time, and they've touched the lives of thousands. They've talked to thousands of people. 400 people have made a commitment 
to put be a Christ follower and have them been connected with a local church to grow in their faith. So if you've ever wanted to check out a ministry, check them out online at JesusCares.com. All right, we're back with Judy Hulsey from All Gen Financial. She's a wealth strategist, but we're hearing her story and how the Lord has impacted her as a businesswoman. Judy, just stepping back. So your time in Oklahoma, you said, prepared you for your job in Orlando in the banking industry. How did it do that? Well, it was critical thinking. Because of all the technical work I had done, it was really um, teaching me critical thinking, and that made a big difference. And the biggest thing that I got from my growing up was my work ethic, that, um, you know, we're pioneer spirit, and the greatest thing my grandparents all ever taught me was, you know, love a family and hard work. And so that's taken me a long way in my career. So I love that. I mean, it's just, and and it is in the Midwest. There, I mean, certainly Oklahoma, where it's it's you know it's cold and rainy and snowy in the wintertime and really really hot in the summertime. It's not exactly a tropical oasis. It's a little rough. <laughs> How you mentioned to me when we talked before the show that the Lord told you He wanted you to be a businesswoman. Why is that significant? It's just significant for a couple of reasons. The first one was he told me when I was 55 years old. So that's pretty big. And second, I never wanted to be in the business world. All I ever wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And I really fought God about that because I did not want that for my life. But it was him that was telling me, this is my plan for you, and you need to quit fighting me and submit this is another area of submission for me. I had, I, you know, Romans twelve two is one of my favorites. By the transforming of my mind, I will know the will of God. And he had to beat it into me. This is what <laughs> I want for you, and you're going to do it. Because he's the boss, and he gets his way. So why, let me just ask this, because there's a lot of listeners that, that we have that are close to that age right now, you know, 55 uh-huh. years old. And why do you think that at that age, when you, you know, in, in reality had, had been able to, you know, do the things you were hoping to do, why do you think you fought the businesswoman title so much? Well, because it wasn't it wasn't what I envisioned for myself. And that's not what I envisioned for myself, but, you know, um, my cousin was tell, always tell you, uh, the first thing you know about Judy growing up is she was going to be 18, get married, and have five kids. Um, <laughs> you know, working, was, working outside the home was not any interest to me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet you, you have spent your entire life working outside the home. That is a true. That's a true statement. And and what, and those are the questions that I hope we get to ask God those questions later. We don't know whether we get to ask God those questions like why, but you know because then maybe we'll just trust Him totally and we don't ever ask why questions. But yeah. sometimes you just want to know why. Well, you I mentioned, know why. Okay, why? Yeah, I know why. Well, um, because He needed uh, women. He designed me to be a woman in the workforce, and it's a vocation. And uh, you know, I'm the perfect person to pick. Born in the 50s, thinking I'm going to be a wife and a mother, and he called me out to be a you know to be a warrior in the workplace. So I know why. Well, and when you say warrior in the workplace, you know you're not just talking about being a really you know on fire worker. You're talking about being a warrior for the Lord in the workplace. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a, um, a warrior for Christ. 
So you mentioned in your story, your, your short little story, Redeeming the Years, that your, two of your four great-grandmothers were business owners. Now, that's, that's, right. that's staggering. When you look at the, you know, your great-grandmothers were, uh, you know, were people around the turn of the century. I mean, Correct. They, so for them to have been business owners, that would have been crazy. Right. Yeah, it is. It's 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 mind-boggling to me now because I didn't think about it growing up or even as I was in my 20s or 30s. But, um, you know, I I got the call when I was 55 from the Lord, and I was had a lot of health issues at the time. Mm-hmm. And I um, spent a lot of time resting at home, and I have these two pictures of the two women that are businesswomen that are my family, great-grandma Hubbard and great-grandma Halsey. And they stand over my bed. Their pictures stand over my bed. And I kept hearing God whisper, rise up, rise up. I want you to pull from their strength. I want you to pass it on to others. And I need you to rise up. Now, were these great women of faith as well? Did you ever get a chance to meet those great grandmothers of yours? I did not, but they were great women of faith. That's fantastic to be able to know that. And not many of us got to know our great-grandmothers. I mean, that's that's something that today is more likely than it was, you know, 50 or 60 years ago because people just didn't live as long. You know, right. you you said that a mentor of yours a, a few years back said, challenge you to take your faith to work. Did you really need to be told that to take your faith to work? Unfortunately, yes. When she said it to me, I didn't know what she meant, but at the same time, I felt very convicted. Because I had grown up as a Pharisee, you know, I knew how to act it, but I I did my thing on Sunday, I put my mask on, but on Monday, I was not that person. And so I kept asking the Lord, you know, what, what does that look like? What does that mean to you? And about that same time, I started delving into Bible Study Fellowship. You know, I was studying the patriarchs. I was looking at James 1, count all a joy, my sister, when you encounter various trials. And, you know, then I stumbled upon um, speak no unwholesome words, let no unwholesome words proceed from your mouth. Well, that took me about a decade. (laughs) Wow, that's not too bad. I've been working (laughs) on that for 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that that is a great one. Actually, that is my life verse. So I love that that very much. But am reminded all the time we we need to not you know speak words that are good for edification in the moment to give grace to those who hear. So, but that mm-hmm. is quite a challenge. If you want to take that verse to work, boy, most all of us have some fixing to do. I would guess. Yes. So you spent most of the years in your banking job uh, not connecting your faith in your work? Is that what it was like? And it wasn't no, until- I would, no, I would say from 1992 on, I was on fire for God at work. Okay. What did that look like in the banking industry? That's a pretty speed yeah. industry. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised how wild some of the people I worked with were. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I never was one to put the Bible on my desk, but I... Um, was a fervent prayer warrior for all of them, and I prayed endlessly for them. And one day I got up from my desk, and I looked out, and I just saw the Lord just opened my eyes, like when he took the scales off Paul's eyes, and I saw a field of harvest for me. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. When every I anyone had a need, they most often came to me and said, would you help me with this? And they it was with me out, not even speaking a word, but how... I conducted myself and how I'd price them, and I just sensed that. 
So I have a question I want to go back to. When your mentor um, encouraged you to take your faith to work, were you struggling with something that she saw in your life? Or or I'm assuming it's a she, but yeah, uh, that, she. that really challenged you with that. Where did that come from? Was that something she just understood yeah, that you I needed? Yeah, I don't know. We've never had that conversation. But, you know, I, I'm sure she saw something. I, I At the time, you know, I was married, and she was trying to help me with my marriage. And the fir- I can honestly say the first four years I was married that I didn't implement, you know, I was a Pharisee. But I got it together, and I know I became the woman, a wife that God wanted me to be. And, and I'm sure it was in that discussion that she saw that. Because I just think that's really key for our listeners to hear, Jim, is the fact that so many people we have on the air, somebody spoke that into them. Somebody said, hey, this is who you're being on Sunday, but you're not being that way on Monday. And why is there a disconnect? Or I'm going to challenge you to take that to work with you and implement um, the love of Christ in your workplace. And Judy, so let, let me just ask this question because it, you know, when we come back after the break, we'll talk about how you are a servant to the wealthy. Now that is your calling, and 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 this is what it looks like for your faith to be implemented in your work today at all, Jen. But going back to the banking industry. What did it look like? Give us some examples of what it looked like to bring your faith to work. When you made that connection between faith and work, between what you were learning on Sunday with what you were doing nine to five, well, you were a banker, so nine to three. Um, Sorry, (laughs) that that was supposed to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the courtesy laugh. Okay, but what did that look like for you? In the banking industry, how did you bring your faith to work? Well, one thing I did, I listened to people. You know, people are suffering, and... um, they didn't have anybody that would listen to them and not pass judgment. And that was an, another big thing in my metamorphosis was, you know, not only to speak no unwholesome word, but to not judge. I mean, you know, I was raised in a family. We were the queen of judgment and critical spirit. And I had to really, really learn how to practice not judging people because it was it ate in me. And so I think they saw that they could, be honest about what their lives look like, and I would I would just love them. I wouldn't criticize them. What kind of opportunities did you have to actually go deep and share with customers or or coworkers about your faith, about what Jesus had done for you? It was mostly about how I prayed for their families when they would be in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that they could depend on me to pray for them. The other thing, interesting thing I got to do that was really, really interesting in my banking years, I had... Uh, Lost a baby in um, the early 90s, and the one-year anniversary to the day, I was on my first business trip in Key West, Florida, and I wasn't a good traveler, so I got there way early, and I stayed at way longer, and I said, Lord, you've got my undivided attention because it's the date, and what is it that you're going to be doing? What are you doing? And he said to me, I'm going to have you travel to many cities. And I'm going to have you pray over every one of those cities. Hmm. I knew I heard him, but it didn't make sense to me because I had a desk job. And within three months, I got a promotion, and I traveled to over 60 different cities over the next 17 years and prayed over every one of those cities, some of them multiple times. Wow. (laughs) And that was while you were in the banking industry, correct? Yes. And it was while you were in the bank industry that you realized that you had a very specific calling to be a servant of the wealthy. Tell us about that calling. 
sure. I always thought I was going to be feeding the homeless. That was, you know, kind of my focus. Uh, it was during the first season that Shaquille O'Neal came to play basketball for the Orlando Magic that that all turned. I was at the game, one of the games, and I saw all these wealthy people around me in one of the poorest neighborhoods in Orlando. And my, mm-hmm. truthfully, my heart was broken. And the Lord said, instead of you going down and seeing the homeless, which I know you like and I know you can do, I want you to serve the wealthy of this city to help them see how they can help the poor. Well, now, this wasn't necessarily an easy thing for you either, because you mentioned to me as we talked before the show that you grew up with a little bit of a prejudice against the wealthy. Where did that come from, and what did that look like? My my dad was extremely wealthy, and my mom grew up extremely poor. And so, so many of our you know belief systems can come from our parents. Certainly my mother, I spent more time with her than my dad because he worked. And so she just had this uh, belief system of a prejudice against the wealthy and that, you know, wasn't even warranted. And, and so, you know, as I worked there overnight, I was working with a CEO, a CFO. He was making $75,000 a year. I like him a lot. He was a single good dad, single dad, good father. And I thought the next day their company went public and he went from $75,000 a year to make it being worth $15 million. And I had this conversation with the Lord, and I said, Lord, can I like him because he's now worth $15 million? Because I, I don't know that I can like him. And God just slowly started chipping away at my heart about it, and he said, you know, I'm going to have you serve the very people you were precious against. You know, I think it's really interesting because your perspective um almost seems opposite of a lot of people. A lot of people are afraid to serve the homeless, but want to rub shoulders with the wealthy. So, you know, the very thing that most people would say, oh, that would be the desirable way. For you, it was a stretch. And I think that's what makes your your testimony so unique. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So you have, the Lord moved you from the banking industry to the financial industry as, as a wealth advisor with all gen financial, how, Mm -hmm. how is the Lord using that new ministry, this new ministry within all gen to help you be a conduit for the wealthy, you're ministering to the wealthy, but helping them to be a conduit to the poor. I mean, how, how is this, how's this new ministry all working? Well, I was, I was a wealth advisor at the bank as well. So okay. I just transitioned. So how I do that is time. You know, I limit myself. I don't want more than 75 clients because most financial institutions have 150 to 300 clients. And when I limit my practice to 75, I can spend really quality time with my clients and their families. And I, I wanted, you know, money just money. It, it has positive energy and it has negative energy if you have it or if you don't. And so with that value of time, I get to see what things they're interested in and help them come with, that, with real value in their lives than just the, besides just the money. Oh, yeah, because money leaves people so empty. And so, I mean, they're just they're searching for answers because money, money doesn't it, – it's neither morally uh, good or morally bad. It, it, no. It actually, no, it is morally good because God, God yeah, created exactly. it. He created the finance. But it, it can be such a twist for people, and a lot of people think that buying stuff with the money will actually 
bring them happiness, but it's truly the giving away of money that brings happiness and joy. Now, you, when you move from the financial industry, and I apologize for getting that wrong, but you move from the financial industry within the yeah. banking world to going to Allgen Financial, mm-hmm. what made you choose Allgen? Because you could have gone anywhere with your expertise. Well, I was. I, well, I knew corporate America had lost their way, and I was like, I'm not, you know, a publicly traded companies, and I just, like I said, I from 2007 and eight, even as recent as that, you know, the meltdown of the financial markets, and I did not see any positive change come out of that. As far as when I looked around, I'm, I, I, I can follow people. I follow. You know, I, I have insights that the Lord gives me, and I just like, they're not doing anything different than they were doing before the, the 2004, 2000, you know, the 2007 and 2008. And I was like, this is not in the best interest of my clients, and it's not in the best interest of me. I, I can't continue to run my practice like this. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I knew the owner of Allgen for more than 10 years. You know, it was a, it was a private company, but with strong uh, value system, but we use Charles Schwab as our back office, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. And I was looking for someone that wasn't just look, answering to stockholders and, you know, the almighty dollar, dollar to protect themselves versus protecting their clients. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. And, and I would agree with you that the financial services industry, the banking industry for sure, the mortgage industry for sure, it seems like they're back to the exact same things they were before the major crash because of the run-up of prices on housing across the country. I mean, it's like we're repeating it all over again, and we're about ready to exceed where prices were back in 2005 or six. You chose a company, though, like you said, that has a back office by Charles Schwab, but Allgen just got some really incredible award, a pace setter award from Charles Schwab. What's that all about? Well, it's uh, it's based on our client service, on technology, and our strategic planning, and you know, all the credit for that goes to our owner, Paul Rodan and Jason Bart. Well, congratulations to you guys on that. Go ahead. Thank Mark. you. Well, I just had a question. You were talking about getting time to spend with your clients and and helping them. Are you giving them resources and teaching them about generosity? Or what is it that you're doing that's helping them to really um, pay it forward to the to the poor? Well, the the best thing I can say is I get to know their, when they will allow me, I get to know their children and grandchildren. Okay. And I find out what interests they have and how they can make a significant difference. Okay. Well, and that's really, you got, you, you've got your own ministry, a very unique ministry. With those 25 families, you're like their own, you're, yes, you're helping them with their money, but you're really a pastor to them. You really get a oh, chance yeah. to bring, yeah, yeah. how often yeah. do you get a chance to get real personal with these people and share your faith? Uh, well, I, I do it the same way. I do. Because I was so trained from, uh, you know, publicly traded company about, you know, not to talk about your faith at work. I really, it works for me. It works for my personality anyway. So I still lead by example. I lead by my value system. I don't talk about it. I, I wait for them to bring it up or what their needs are, and then I see how I minister to them. So it's really, you know, I only use the Word of God when... I hope they see the Word of God in me. But you mentioned when we were on the phone again before the show that that you're really just hitting your stride in your faith and work. And and I think that when sometimes, especially since you are a person of significant influence of these 75 families, there's an opportunity. Do you ever get a chance to pray with your clients, to pray actually with them, not just for them? 
I, a few. A few they let me, yeah. It depends. It's still in process. But one of the things I wanted to go back to that you asked me about was your audience around women 55 and being called at 55. There's something yeah. I really wanted to bring up about that. When I started getting serious about my faith, I was in my late 30s, I really knew that I was not prepared for whatever God had me, had for me. And I thought I was going to be like Joseph. You know, like Joseph had those 13 years of preparation in prison. And so I thought, I'm going to have 13, I'm going to be like Joseph. <laughs> I'm going to have 13 years of preparation, and then I'm going to spring out of here, wherever what that was, whatever the platform God had for me. But what I found out is that he wanted me to be a Moses. He had preparation for me that required 40 years. And so that's when I say I'm just hitting my stride is because I know that I know that I know that he used every bit of that. But, it, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's a lot of perseverance. And um, I'm there. Well, and I think that the Lord's given you a bigger platform than probably you even realize at this point in time. At, at working, because you've kept your clientele so small, 75 clients, you've got an opportunity to really be a person of significant influence. And so my, my challenge to you would be to pray that God would give you lots more opportunities in 2017 to really share the hope that you have in you because the, all of those people that you're as you serve them, they're looking for the answers that you've got. And sometimes they won't even know they need to ask them. Sometimes they... Right. You you may have to prompt them to ask them. You you mentioned to me uh, that God is using your work and personal experience to encourage other women in the workplace. How do you get a chance to come alongside and and encourage other women? Well, I, the fun part is I get to do it one woman at a time. And what I, I just I'm eating I had on Tuesday. Um, I am seeing such a void of women in the workplace because we're not an accident. I, you know, a friend taught me that you're not an accident business. You're, this is not a, you know, you failed at this, so you're going to be stuck in business. This is my calling. And women are not owning. I know I, the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Some people like that book. Some people don't. I love that book. She's the president of uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. But she talks about women 25 to, you know, 70, that really a lot has not changed in that time, in, you know, from what, the 50s till now about women making progress in the workplace. And so if well, a woman is called to business, I want them to know that they're not an accident. And I'm, you know, God's just given me dozens of opportunities to meet young women and start, you know, breathing life into them. So what you're saying is then you're encouraging them where they're at and, and challenging them to continue to make a difference? Absolutely. And I know I'm just I'm just hitting this, scratching the surface. I know it's yeah. bigger than me, that it's just it's going to be Orlando, and then it's going to be city after city after city after that for me. Yeah, but it's just cool to see the Lord use you. And, and it's, you know, sometimes we think, well, I, I wish I was a bigger influence. And the Lord says, hey, but I've given you 75 or I've given you 100 or I've given you five. Those are the ones I want you to focus on. And the Lord has really been very specific with you to serve the wealthy. You've got 75 clients. It's really a cool opportunity that he's trusted you trusted you with those families, multiple generations of those families, because that 75 clients probably represents several hundred people, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And their influence, you know, their influence. I, I want to empower them to be where God wants them. I, I have, you know, I get to see things that they can't see yet. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And just to give them step by step and be a part of that and minister to them. One client I had, she was really having a hard time and her health was poor. And I, she asked me why I was coming up. You know, she assumed it was about business. I said, I don't have any agenda at all. I knew she'd been very sick. Right. Just and there to serve. Died, but Judy, before we go, I, I love that story, but we really want to make sure we cover your short story, Redeeming the Years. Martha. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was I w- I would love for you right. to just give a quick synopsis of the story that you wrote that's called Redeeming the Years and how God really showed you how he was going to use you. Yeah, I wrote that article, uh, Redeeming the Years of Locusts at Eat, because um, when I started studying the Bible back in my 30s, that was one of my key scriptures, Joel 2.25. And... Um, my life in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, all of my childhood was uh, eaten by locusts. Hmm. And I held on to that scripture, and there's another one in Psalms where it says, I would have despaired if I did not know I would see the goodness of the Lord. So for, um, you know, six decades, I held on to those scriptures, waiting for, believing them, hoping that they were true. And God just brought me out. And he just kept redeeming me and cleaning up me, cleaning me up, redeeming me, cleaning me up. And he kept, you know, showing me the truth of who I was versus the lies. Hmm. Judy, as we close out the show, I really, and I love the way you just shared that, that that the Lord always, he, he loves to look at the past. He loves to redeem the past. He loves to show us that there's a future. He loves to be able to, for us to be able to move past our past. And, and the Lord has taken you so far by utilizing your past and really just, uh, showing you how to use your experience of serving the wealthy. He's, he's given you so many gifts. You've made some observations as well as about men and women in the workplace that were pretty significant that you shared with me. How, what what has the Lord revealed to you about men and women working in the workplace? We got a lot of work to go. <laughs> well, God's still in the process of reconciling man and woman from the fall of Adam and Eve, hmm. and that has not been. But Christ worked with women in a way that no one else ever had. And I don't see us living that out in the workplace or in the church. You know, it's still a very segregated community. And, um, you know, I know there's statistical data from a friend of mine that shared that, you know, the most effective crusades for Christ is when men and women work together, not when we work in silos. And how have you seen the effectiveness when men and women work together in ministry, whether that ministry is work or business or in the church, how have you seen that that ministry effectiveness be more exponential when they work together? Well, when we work together, spiritual gifts were not divided between men and women. The Great Commission was not divided between men and women. So when we're all operating in our spiritual gifts, one waters, one plants, God provides the growth. When we're all working, you know, we need each other. And when we're bifurcated, we're missing out on, you know, women have incredible insights from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if you're married long enough, you know that. Amen. Okay? If you listen, if you got it, if you get it, and you take the opportunity, your wife has a wealth of women, have a wealth of knowledge that God does not download to men, but he downloads to women. I think it's so just that women hear the voice of the Lord better. I really do. Well, uh, well, well I won't disagree with you on that. 
Judy, how would you like to see the Lord use you these next 10 years? What is, what's the dream that you've got on your heart for how you want to see the Lord use you in the next 10 years? Well, the dream he's given me is I met with a businesswoman just on Tuesday, and she's in her early 50s, and I just see what God has not done yet with women in business for the kingdom. And so I see uh, me being a Deborah, you know, Deborah from Judges 4. She led an army. And I see myself as a Deborah, and I, I see me bringing the women to a greater place in the workplace for the kingdom of God. And from there, I'm going to other cities. I love that. Investing in the lives of the next generation, let them all know, your, all of our generations, to know that there's so much out there in men and women to be working together. And you're right. Women do hear the voice of the Lord way better than men. I don't know why it's taken men forever to learn that, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Judy Halsey, thank you so much for joining us. And I work for him today, sharing your story. We're so very grateful. You're welcome. It's a joy. Thank you. You can find out lots more about Judy online at allgenfinancial.com, allgenfinancial.com. Just look up Judy Holsey, H-U-L-S-E-Y. Martha, that was a great conversation. Just a lot of fun hearing Judy's story, hearing a little bit of her history, tracing it back to Oklahoma. That's always fun and encouraging. It is. And to hear what she's doing in her every day, making an impact for the kingdom. It's it's encouraged. It's hopefully our listeners can encourage be encouraged by that to do that themselves and to be able to touch the lives of your customers you've been given those customers as a ministry do you look at your customers like a ministry like judy did you can find out more about judy online you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i, I work, work for, for him, him.